are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, online at fanstreamsports.com. And also, we're now on YouTube as well. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays and email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Well, your Tampa Bay Rays fall to the Boston Red Sox by a score of two to one in a frustrating defeat. Uh, However, the Rays do still stand at 88 and 52 on the year, but the Red Sox have leapfrogged the Yankees in the ALE standings, though they're still nine games back against the Rays. Uh, I was going to say this, Ulysses. I thought watching last night's game, the team that Drew first blood that scored first would be the team that won. Alas, uh, that did not happen for the Rays. That's why it was so frustrating, right? Because it was a tight, tight matchup. I mean, Shane McClanahan did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Nadia Valdi did even more of a great job because he went a little bit deeper. And and we said it when he's on, he he can really make offensive lineups just look you know, like they're not up to task. And he did just that. He really had it going on. And uh, in the eighth, they, 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 they got it going. The offense did what they're supposed to do and what they've been doing since 2021. It's just string things together. Mm-hmm. You get the big bopper of Brandon Laos hustling for that infield single. I love that. Wander extends his streak with a walk, which I'm, I mean, we all were watching that at bat, trying to come on. You you have no more shots. This is it. And he gets it done in a clutch situation to get the big man, El Capitan, the old guy behind him, Nelson Cruz, and he comes through with a single. So they did what they've been doing. The problem is, well, sometimes people are going to have their revenge against their old team. And Mm -hmm. that has been Hunter Renfro this whole season. And it definitely was like that yesterday for him. I put this on Twitter the other day. Uh, Renfro, I don't think wants any part of the Rays. He hates the Rays, hates everything about the organization. I think combined with the pandemic and just that it was a atrocious, atrocious year for him with the Rays and the scattered playing time and probably not quite fitting into the culture and how they go about things. He certainly found a home, maybe a perfect home with the Red Sox, with what he's been able to do this season with the bat, the defense, the outfield assist. He leads all of baseball in outfield assist, and he added to his tally yesterday by throwing out not just Joey Wendell, the play that ended the game at third, where, I mean, that had that, that might go down as one of the best throws of the year, but also earlier in the game, nabbing Manny Margot in a slow-developing play where yeah. he was kind of slowly going after the ball down the right field line. I thought Margot could have gotten to second. Alas, he was thrown out as well. So he has been really, really impressive this season. Although I will say this about Renfro. I don't know if it's he's gotten more confidence or uh, maybe just putting on that Red Sox uniform changes the personality a little bit, but he, he, and maybe it's just the success that he's had against the Rays. He is hitting 338 with four home runs and 18 RBIs in 18 games 
versus yeah. the Rays this year. Yeah, I, di- I didn't even mention that. He had that bomb off Chagua over the Green Monster. That seems to be a, a kind of a calling card for him, hitting balls over the Green Monster. But he's some of his hijinks and hand motions and Oh. if you will it's starting to get a little frustrating starting to get you a little like irritating the, uh, I, we might have to be ad we, we might have to be adding him to the list if this keeps up and the rays and the red sox go at it in the playoffs or some big moments we might have to add him to the list of annoying frustrated hated red sox there's a long long list there's a long list but it, it might he might go into papelbon territory uh, Pedro Martinez territory, uh, Derek Lowe territory, Dustin Pedroia territory. You'll have Kevin to do Duplass a lot more. Territory. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You'll have to do a lot more. He'll have to okay. do a lot more because Papelbon is just, you know, in his own, you know, level. But I get yeah. it. You know, so I get you didn't like the little little bump on he the did, chest there. He, I didn't like well, it did you, he, He's doing he's doing all the like hand. Mo- he's, he does more than Kevin Kiermeyer does. <laughs> well, he got it from KK. He played alongside yeah. KK. He needed the. You know, the little thing and the over thing, you know, um, it's, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's not great. And I think it does ha- come with a territory of of being a Red Sox, playing at Fenway, playing daily. I mean, honestly, that's that's we talked about that last year uh, on the pod where Yoshi Sutsugo was a captain, a damn captain. He mm-hmm. didn't know what it was like to play on a Tuesday and then get a pinch hit opportunity on Friday and then get the start on Sunday. That's that's not how the captain of a team is supposed to be playing. The, the captain plays every day, and that's what Yoshi Sutsuga right. was all about. Same thing with Hunter Renfro. And you get to an organization where that's not the way they do it, where you platoon, where you, you see your splits, where you, they put you hopefully in situations where you're going to succeed, but with a lot of pressure. Because if you don't succeed, then the playing time gets you know given to somebody else. And that's what happened to Hunter Renfro. That is not the case in Fenway. In Fenway, they're like, look, we just need you to man right field because our outfield is crap, is utter unbelievable. So can you take care of that? And he's like, yeah, I got you, yeah. boss. And he's had a great season. But yeah, against the Rays, multiple home runs. You said it, close to 20 RBIs, assists up the wazoo. It, 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 he has stepped up in such a big time against the Rays. That has to be psychological too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get them. Yes, I'm gonna show them what they're missed. I'm. Uh, this is who I really am. They think I'm. The, I was that guy. Nah, I'm this guy. It's it, you know you you can really tell a lot about somebody's a player's mentality and right w- with their old team. That usually is one of the things. That Let's remember how bad he was last year with the Rays. Oof. He batted 156. It wasn't good in no. any sense at all. A no. uh, couple other things from the game. Uh, Shane McClanahan went five innings and 68 pitches. As always, we're going to see some grumblings about him being pulled too early, but I do understand what the Rays are trying to do. Let's remember, he didn't have a season last year. Uh, Like so many other rookies, you are going from 60 to 162, and as Yes, every game is important. Regular season important. It's it'd be it would have been terrific, terrific to sweep the Red Sox. But we also have to think big picture, at least in my opinion, of uh, saving some bullets 
for the playoffs. At the same time, you would like to see an opportunity where Shane McClanahan can prove, give him the opportunity to prove that he can go deep. Okay, I can go six and two thirds. I can go seven. I can go seven and third against the Red Sox, where if it comes to that in the playoffs, you might have to be able to use that option. I will say, though, there were some hard hit balls against Shane and Manny Margot did. I mean, that, that game very could have uh, very well could have been 2-0 or I guess you, you look back 4-1 because he saved uh, uh, what would have been a home run. It, it seems like it happens every game with Shane McClanahan where a center fielder rob, or you know saves his bacon a little bit, where he That's leaves okay. a, a slider too much of the plate, and you have Margot or Kiermaier doing their best uh, Superman impression and, and saving things from there. But uh, McClanahan... That's yes, their job that is right true. There, right? That is you true. You know, they, they got to make some plays. And I understand what you're saying. And I think you're right. You know, you got to save some bullets for October. We're so close to, to October baseball. Why, you know, risk anything? It, it's fine. Five innings. Yeah. Uh, I'll bite the bullet. Okay, I get it. Um, the, the issue here, though, is if he pitches a sixth inning, it doesn't change the outcome of the game. It was the right. hitting. It was Nathan Yovaldi. So for yeah. those who are a little bit critiquing why you can't put more Shane McClanahan on the mound. Would it have changed the game? No, it would have just added more pitches to, to Shane's arm and, you know, given him more, oh, uh, uh, an inning mm-hmm. more on his stat line. Like, are we now that preoccupied with Shane McClanahan's line in 2021 rather than the outcome of the game of the W or the L in this case? So that really is, is, is a non-point to me. Whatever, five innings. He did his job. He kept the team in the game for yeah. sure. Um, JT Chargois obviously gets the L here. Uh, or no, actually, it, it should have been Whistler. Whistler gets the L. No, I, I suppose so. JT Chargois and, gets the L. Whistler yeah. gets the tide, so he gets the, 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 the blown um, safe there. And yeah, then, and Chagua gets the L and the blown save, according to MLB.com that I'm okay, looking at. Okay, thank you. Well, JT had worked seven scoreless outings before this mm-hmm. Red Sox series. The Red Sox really saw him really well. Two innings, four hits, three walks, two runs. He didn't have it against, against yeah. uh, the Red Sox. Could he be a guy that is exchanged in the, in, in the shuffle? When Nick Anderson comes back, maybe. But Matt Whistler, I guess he's going on the IL again, maybe. Yeah, and you know what? I can't, I, I can't just say uh, Chagua sucks. He's awful. How'd you give up that home run to Renfro? I don't know if he was even fully warmed up or ready or should have been in that position. It was a freak right. thing that happened with with Whistler. We got to throw somebody out there. Ideally, Whistler would have been used to get those particular hitters out of the inning and move on from there. Although I think uh, Chagall retired the first two batters and then, you know, leaves a hanger to Renfro. Renfro is having a great year. He is, I mean, almost all-star caliber with what he's doing right now. And uh, at first I thought when Whistler was pulled after giving up uh, that first base runner, I thought this was a conspiracy theory. This was some gamesmanship of uh, the Rays coming up and doing a phantom injury. Like, we, we actually, I don't know if we really trust you to. This is a oh, high man. leverage situation Who's just coming off the IL on yes. the Excel database. It was it wasn't Whistler, dude. It was Chagua. Ah, oh, damn. Um, yeah. Um, finger issue. Go go up there. Go up there. Come on, dude. You get your Oscar. I, I've nomination. said this before. You could technically do that. You have to pick your spots, yeah, but you could you say could. that somebody. Uh, Whistler, take one for the team. You're hurt, right? We got to pull you out because we, we saw can't, what Cora did. 
Would Gore yeah. did the same gamesmanship. He just went up there, talked to Josh Taylor for like it seemed, you know, a, a movie trailer, and then mm-hmm. he was like, "All right, let's let's take you out because I'm just giving him time to warm up. I'm yeah. just talking to him. Ump, it's okay, Blue. Don't worry about it." Yeah. Weird. Uh, the last thing here too, I want to mention also kudos to. I know we've been critical of Pete Fairbanks of late, but uh, he was on. He was on for sure when he uh, had the opportunity uh, to to work the uh, later innings there. But uh, the one run that the Rays did score, thank you, Nelson Cruz. Uh, thank you, Brandon Lau. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Wander Franco. Wander Franco extending the on-base streak. L- let's remember, I and it almost seemed like, I don't know how closely you were watching the at-bat, Ulysses, but it almost seemed like Garrett Richards was deliberately pitching around Wander Franco and would have rather faced the righty Nelson Cruz than Wander because it didn't seem like he was giving him really anything to hit or even trying to work anything close to the zone. I think it was a lot of stuff away from what I understand, but it just shows you like how much that teams are fearing Wander right now and what he can do. Like he very easily could have had a couple hits yesterday, if well, not for some good plays in the outfield. Like even his outs, even his flyouts yeah. are impressive. Like 97 fastball up in the zone, hits it in the gap. Kike makes a great play. Okay, you live another day. That's coming off a curveball. Like the the he it doesn't matter if it's a 20, 25 mile difference in, in pitch. He's still on it. He's still on yeah. everything. And this was against Evaldi, who was making everybody seemingly look foolish. But Wander was kind of locked in it's just the the ball didn't land where you would have wanted it to land uh and and the the thing they put on a graphic yesterday um valley sports 48 hits during this streak 45 swing and misses Mm -hmm. that's stupid that's just video game you're just playing the computer in rookie level and you're just beating down the opposition 40 uh, 45 swing and misses 48 hits that's that's out of this world. That's like st- stuff that you see like in a ball and you're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I guess he needs to get promoted, doesn't he? Well, he can't get promoted. He's there. He's in the MLB. He's an MLB. Like, that's it. This is it. Yeah. So it's really exciting stuff. Yeah, it's something, honestly, you, you see with like MLB prospects in high school where it's yeah. just they're not striking out at all or getting more hits than strikeouts. And he's doing this at 20 years old in the major leagues uh, against uh, another playoff team or another playoff caliber team right now. So very, very impressive stuff. Uh, okay, we'll move along here. Um, you want to share a bed with a Pro Bowl qu- quarterback, an Olympic swimmer, and a national women's soccer star. You can with Molecule Mattress delivering you the best sleep ever. Molecule Mattress Sleep Scientist literally created the world's most perfect mattress. It's unlike any other mattress in a box. It's cool to the touch. It has six times the airflow of a traditional mattress. It has zone reflex layers, so it helps your stiff neck and or sore back. It's also antimicrobial. Uh, Sleep on your Molecule mattress risk-free for 100 nights. If you don't have your deepest, most restorative sleep ever, you can return it. So visit onmolecule.com and save 20% with promo code locked on again save 20 percent with promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n that's at on molecule.com on molecule.com today i want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle 
DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. I hate annual contracts. Kevin does too. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Uh, Ulysses, from yesterday's game, there is one guy we forgot to mention. He probably did more than most others at the plate for the Rays and maybe in the field as well. And that is Josh Lowe, who made his major league debut last night. He drew a walk. He stole a base. He had an infield single, call it a swinging bunt, whatever you want. And he also made three catches in right field before being removed for a pinch hitter in the eighth. What were your impressions of Mr. Long, lanky, good-looking, athletic, 23-year-old Josh Lowe? Josh Lowe looks like the, the, the lead character in a baseball movie, doesn't he? He just mm-hmm. has the looks, the, the, the smile, the, the, the charisma, and he's got definitely the tools. I mean, he kind of showed yeah. off a little bit there with the speed, good stuff. And, and just like Vidal, he got it out of the way the first game. He gets his single, um, swinging butt, whatever. It doesn't matter. That is a 1H on his stat yes. line, so that doesn't matter. Uh, he gets his first stolen base. That's pretty cool. Now he has that in his pocket. Um, he's been perfect on the base paths this whole year in 2021. He hasn't been mm-hmm. caught yet. So that's pretty impressive. I looked at his stat line. And for those that don't know, he's been batting 282 in AAA, a 369 on base percentage, and a 540 slugging. 21 home runs, 24 for 24 in st- stolen base department. So he is a 2020 guy. I did look at a couple of things, though. Mm-hmm. The BABIP, 345, a bit high. A bit high for, for, for the BABIP, so maybe that there, there is some regression that, that's bound to happen. Can I also say this about the BABIP? Maybe some of that has to do with him being able to leg out infield hits. Yeah. That, 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 that's that's just a, something I want to throw out there. And also, good. maybe some of it is the defenders might not be as good in AAA or apt to make certain plays, but I think there's a lot of I would say, yeah, it's higher than average. But also, if you've got a guy with his athleticism and him coming out of the box as a lefty, you can get away might, with it. Yeah, yeah, you can get away with the swinging bunts to Nathan Yovaldi. So that that that's a good point. Um, two more things, though: um, the pull percentage and the opposite field percentage. His pull is at thirty six point four percent, and the oppo thirty five point two. I like that. I like, like, like that. So if he is able to kind of not be a complete shift guy, I mean, that is, that, that is money right there in in today's game. And, and then you add one more guy into this lineup in 2022. I, I, again, if you're a race fan, you've got to be licking your chops with all these prospects that are coming up Mm -hmm. because I mean, this team is so, so good already, but you're just influxing young talent it seems seemingly every week this is this is fantastic news and the the last thing i want to mention on josh at least number wise is the patient the patience at the plate 12.4 walk rate i like that but i also like the way that he looked at you yeah. know with his stance at the plate he he wasn't swinging at trash he took his walk uh, you know good for him i i just you know uh, not a standing O because we got a whole setup here now that right. we're on YouTube, but 
here you go. A couple claps for Josh Lowe. Good job. Yeah, it's not easy to step there, in there against Nate Eovaldi, who was as mm. on as he could be, quite frankly. So that's pretty big stuff. I also want to mention, and I do know that from what some scouts have said, that his understanding of the plate and plate discipline and when and when not to swing at pitches has been one of his better marks there. Uh, although the strikeout rate, that kind of is a bugaboo for him. It was 26.7% at AAA. At the same time, he also has a 12.4% walk rate. And I want to bring this up. We put a poll on Twitter uh, yesterday. Aside from Wander Franco, which of the following Rays position player prospects do you think will have the best career when it's all said and done? Is it Josh Lowe? Is it Taylor Walls? Or is it Vidal Brujan? And the voting populace were pretty overwhelming. I don't know if it's recency bias, excitement that Josh Lowe was just called up, but 58.2% believe it is Josh Lowe. 13.6% say Taylor Walls and 28.2% say Vidal Brujan. Ulysses, what say you? What is your thought on this? Wow. I'm actually surprised that Taylor Walls didn't get that m- much more love mm-hmm. than 13%. That's that's actually my first takeaway is I thought it was just going to be more even. I, I think there's a little bit more recency bias there. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I think, you know, if you put those three guys in April, that yeah. poll, Josh Lowe does not lead this. Nobody poll. was it's, talking about Josh Lowe in April. Nobody. Nobody was yeah. talking about Josh Lowe. Nobody. So I have to... You know, I have to, mm-hmm. you know, if this was a, a science project, I, I would have to, you know, kind of knock off a couple points on that poll yeah. um, because of the recency bias. Now, if I were to answer that question, I don't want to get in that. Are you kidding me? So I can look like a fool, like a fool in 20 years, but I will. Anyway. Or which player has the highest career war? I need a pick. Dude. Defense can get you a lot in, in baseball, uh-huh. especially with, with war. So Taylor Walls did a dent. Mm-hmm. I mean, Taylor Walls was pretty impressive. If if a team, I don't know if that's the race, because we'll get into that another time, but um, Taylor Walls, I think, would have a really good shot at just being a guy that you can depend on three defensive war every year. And his, his bat isn't too shabby either. But I, I don't know. This is a tough one. This is a really they tough one. They could all be very close. Do you have a clear answer? I don't have a clear answer. I will say that, I mean, Taylor Walls has already done himself some favors with accumulating some more with the big league club. At the same time, he's 25 years old. He's a little bit older Mm -hmm. in the tooth than Vidal Brujan and Josh Lowe, who are both 23. I'm leaning towards Vidal Brujan because we talk about Josh Lowe being a 2020 guy, and I think that's certainly accurate and true, but... I think Vidal, he could be a 10, 12, 40, 45 guy. He could put up Carl Crawford-esque yeah. numbers. I'm not trying to compare him to Carl Crawford, but that could be the ceiling with him. Not to mention you throw that profile into being a switch hitter and playing the outfield and the infield. That can add a lot mm-hmm. to uh, your abilities as well. And it's something that, as we've done this podcast and as we've learned more about the game, man, I don't like strikeouts. And Vidal Brujan does not strike out, and he still draws yeah. walks. He's he, in, in the minor leagues, he's been a 16% strikeout guy and a 12% walk 
walk guy. So I, I'm leaning towards him, but you could really make a great case for all of them. One thing that maybe a little, a little bit concerns me with Josh Lowe, and again, he is, you, you mentioned it, you, you make a baseball movie, that's a type of guy that you're casting, or you create a, a baseball player that you're, you're looking for that look. I mean, scouts are probably were, were drooling uh, yeah. at him uh, when he was playing high school ball and then drafted, I believe, in the first round. But yes. When you have, when you are so long and lanky at that, uh, the way he is, it does maybe concern me about getting out of whack with your mechanics at the plate. And right. there might be a tendency for more holes into the game where Taylor Walls and Vidal Bruhan, they're a little bit shorter, more compact, shorter arms. So I think that could have a little bit to do with it as well but it's it's one of those good problems to have it's like these I don't are think this is a three really exciting players i, I, I think we, it's we a, yeah it's an it's not a bad idea to say well you know what i really don't know which one of these three are gonna collect more work it's like that's a pretty good you know scenario i agree with what you've said with vidal i think he's such an explosive player that he can do it both sides of uh you know, with speed and power, you know, Josh Lowe also has that. The problem with, with Vidal is once the speed goes, mm -hmm. which will happen at 30-31, then what can you offer? With Josh, right. you can still have that big, big pop, and I'm sure he's going to fill out even more. I mean, this, yeah. this guy's only 23. I mean, when he's 26, we're going to look at pictures from 2021 and be like, wow, he's really, he's really changed his, his yeah. body structure. So, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough one. I, I, I really don't know which one to pick right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to be lame and, and not give you a pick. But I, I, like you said, I think you can go, you know, each way and, and, and make an argument for them. It's here. Maybe this will help out a little bit. And I don't know if I totally agree that this will be the answer at, at the end of the day, but Aram Layton, our good friend from the locked on MLB podcast, uh, says this, that he believes that Josh Lowe's ceiling is by far the highest of those three and an annual 2020 threat. What I love about this is first arm interacting with us. And then you have somebody, some anonymous dweeb on Twitter commenting steals aren't valuable in baseball, in real baseball. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you don't want to turn a walk and a single into an extra base hit and put oh. pressure on the defense and the pitching staff. Okay, and not that, just you know the ability that, to swipe it back, but to be accurate 90, 95, 100% of the time like Josh Lowe is. Come on. And, and this is the thing, though. This is, why it, this is why analytics gets a bad rap because of comments like that. Yeah. You know, it's not supposed to supplant old baseball knowledge. It's supposed to just complement it. And so when people just go like, oh, analytics are horrible. I don't even watch the, all those funky names with the percentages. Oh, I don't, I'm scared of them. It's like, okay, yeah. take a breath. And then those people are like, oh, I don't see the old stuff. RBIs don't matter. There's nothing as clutch. Well, you're looking at it the wrong way. Just compliment it. Why, yes. why can't people just make a damn full sandwich instead of just, you know, a patty and the bread? No, get all of it in there. Get that mayo, get that lettuce, get yeah. that bacon, baby. Come on. Damn. It's a very good point. Look, if, if steals weren't valuable in real baseball, then none of the 30 teams would attempt to steal like yes. ever. Th that wouldn't so, happen. 
uh, whatever. Uh, it's very frustrating. Uh, so I, I don't even think uh, Arm interacted with that uh, person Good. or bot or whatever it is. So we'll uh, we'll move along with that before we get into trouble here. Uh, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. And remember, be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, that's today, uh, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100, NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Kevin, you know I love to save some time and money. Mm -hmm. So that's why you got to use Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? It doesn't make sense. Rock Auto is a family business serving serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com you know kevin that's when i know that i haven't had enough coffee when i trip over my <laughs> words and uh, i guess i should have a little bit more coffee today little espresso double shot do it we are recording go. very early here after yes. uh, a frustrating game last night um looking at things big picture here i mean the rays are at 88 wins, right? Do I have that right? Yeah, 88 and 52 on That's the right. year. And they've been able to do all of this, all of this this season without guys like Blake Snell, without guys like Tyler Glass now, without guys like Nick Anderson, and without guys like Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton, believe it or not. Like, I, I keep thinking about it, that entering the season, we were all doom and gloom. And I think it was very reasonable at the time because it was... We had just gotten to game six of the World Series with this group, and we're moving off and along. Uh, we're, we're moving off from some pretty big pieces there. So that that's something that we have to put into perspective. What the Rays are doing is hold on though, really, really amazing. Hold on though, because I know we were doom and gloom, but let's mm-hmm. roll the tape back. What was our winning uh, totals going to be? We said eighty-eight yeah. to ninety-two. So doom and gloom to win 88 to 92. I, I mean, let's That's talk fair. to the Tigers co-hosts and, and the Diamondbacks and the Rockies and the Pirates guys. Like, 
that, that's doom and gloom. Our doom yeah. and gloom in Rays Nation is 88 to 92 wins. So there's also that perspective. But yeah, he got a contract extension. I guess everybody's getting contract extensions I guess so. uh, th- th- this this time of year. But yeah, Charlie Morton, good for him. He's had a great mm-hmm. season. I looked up his numbers. 13-5 and five record, 347 ERA, 158 innings pitch. So he stayed healthy. 185 Ks, a 1.06 whip. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. just found the fountain youth, and and he's drinking daily of it, and good for him. Got himself a raise in his early in his early in his late thirties, thirty seven yeah. years old, and and he's gonna get paid five more million than he did this year and the year prior and the year prior. I mean, great job, Charlie! Congratulations for that contract. Yeah, and again, I just. I know I'm getting really, really greedy here, but it would have been really nice to see what he would do, Charlie Morton would do, in a Rays uniform if they had maybe, again, if the Rays had been okay with paying a little bit more money to bring back Charlie Morton and then maybe not sign Chris Archer and biting the bullet on a couple million dollars here and there. But at the same time, let's also... He wasn't a spring chicken. And last year, like it was tough on Hunter Renfro and so many others, it was tough on Charlie Morton. He had a 4.74 ERA last year. And there were starts where he was topping out at 90, 91, 92 miles yeah. an hour. And it was like, yeah, I, okay, let's, but he let's put him out the pasture wrong. here. Yeah. But he put every, again, that whole spring chicken, I get it, but it's like, you know, it's 2021. These guys have more information about their se- about themselves and about their body, and you have better tools and, and better technology to take care of yourself. And I know that's going to be a thing that everybody talks mm-hmm. about. Oh, Nelson Cruz, 41. Uh, can he really do it at 42 and 43? Yeah, until he can't do it, like physically a whole 162-game season, and he doesn't do it, then you can be like, oh, okay. But the guy keeps going, and we're all just going to poo-poo him just because the age? That's ridiculous. Right. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. So same thing with Charlie Morton. Until he proves that he can't do it, which, by the way, he did prove that he could do it last year in the playoffs where when it that's matters true. most. So, yeah, the 474 ERA, okay, fine. But, again, it was such a weird season. In the playoffs, lights are brightest. You're playing for something every day, every inning, every pitch. He showed that he could do yeah. it. Yeah, and kudos to the Braves for stepping up and paying the man because his fastball yeah. is up to – Fangraphs did a really good write-up on Charlie Morton and how he's still doing really great things. I mean, he's he's really their ace as of right now. His yeah. fastball's up to 95 and a half miles per hour on average. He's throwing the curveball harder than ever. Uh, and his spin rates haven't been changed or altered with the sticky substance crackdown. So uh, Charlie Morton did it all natural. It's it's good there to know go. that you have a guy like, and he stayed healthy all year. I, I He's at 158 innings. Yeah, uh, I mean, all, all the 3.4 war, all the numbers are really, really good for him. Uh, by the way, he's not the only former Ray to also get a contract extension from the Braves this year. You know who else got one? His Travis battery Darneau? mate. Yes, Travis Darno inked an additional two year, $16 million contract. How about that? Oh See, who, that. who says that the Rays don't help? their guys out i mean it's they had to move off them for them to get paid doing them a favor i guess at the end of the day you're welcome charlie you're welcome travis you know honestly it is a springboard at times what tampa bay has done for Mm -hmm. so many avi garcia 
Hello? Does anybody remember that his stock was really low and he signed for yeah. a base salary of three mil with the race in 2019? Does anybody remember that? As Drupal mm-hmm. Cabrera kept going after the race. I, it just, there are so many instances where, where Rafael Soriano, mm-hmm. he, uh, Joaquin Benoit, there are so many instances where they just, boop, they stay here for a year or two and then they, they, they flip somewhere else and they have, Sometimes they don't have success, though. But th- those yeah. that do, like Travis and Charlie, that's good for them. And 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 congratulations for for that ex- contract extension. You, you mentioned the springboard, not just players, but front office types as well. Andrew yes. Friedman springboard, uh, Heim Bloom springboard, James Click springboard. Not Eric Neander. He likes Tampa Bay. That might have to be a discussion we get into later, and maybe if we have Klosky on the show. But that is. Big that, that might be the biggest news of the year, quite frankly, <laughs> frankly that Eric Neander isn't going anywhere, can't get plucked away by uh, Steve Cohen and the Mets, although I don't know why anybody would want to work for that guy, and he's probably like sending out Twitter polls about, hey, should I fire the GM or the VP of baseball? I mean, like That is just a total mess. It's a total mess. It's a hot mess, garbage dumpster truck in, in, in Queens, and I know we got to wrap it up, but I'll just say this. Everybody's got a price. You and That's I have true. a price, too. So if if Steve Cohen were to you know text us right now and says hey, I got a couple of zeros behind a couple of commas, mm-hmm. I might be saying all right, let's yeah. let's go to Queens, let's have some fun. <laughs> I just want to make sure those contracts are totally guaranteed. That would be the big thing. There. I wanna yeah. I, just one last thing. I know in locked on uh, on the locked on race uh, nation, there has to be one lawyer. So to that one lawyer who is a Locked On Race listener, can you please just DM us why the terms of a contract are not necessarily just given out with the press conference? Is it just something bureaucratic because somebody didn't sign or initial something? Or is it because there are ongoing talks still and you can't say the term? So to that lawyer who also listens to Locked On Race, I would appreciate a DM explanation for that. Do you mean why they didn't disclose the terms of the Neander thing? Yes, I think it was more of maybe wanting to be sensitive to other people that work within the organization in the front office, not having to know what Eric Neander. Oh, he's making so much more oh, than no. I am, yeah, and that's and probably no. quite frankly, I think he's making more than a lot of players too after this deal. <laughs> that's what I want to know. I want to know. I think that. he's making. I think he's making seven figures, quite frankly, or close to. He's making. He, he's doing. I think he'll be doing very, 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 very well for himself. I, I think okay. he's he's making more than pretty much every reliever on the team. I would say that. No, n- n- nobody has won more since 2018 uh, than him, except for the Dodgers and the and the Astros. So he deserves the money. That is true. Okay, uh, that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Rays podcast. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episodes of the Locked On Bets and Locked on MLP podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.